Hey there, and welcome to the Outrageous Grace podcast. We are so glad you're here. We are your mom and daughter co-hosts. I'm Marcy Hess. And I'm Tylee Fieros. And our heart behind this podcast is to encourage you in your relationship with Jesus through raw conversations. Let's get into it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Outrageous Grace podcast. We are so excited to have you here. Today, we are talking about doing it my way or God's way. Um, and this is this is very hard. I mean, it's a realistic conversation. I feel awesome. like we face this decision all the time, every day, if not <laughs> multiple times a day. And it can be hard to completely surrender over and over and over again to God's way when it's not our agenda, when it's not our idea, when it's not good to us. Um, So let's talk about it. Yeah. I think um, a great place to just lay a basis is Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's so good. It's, it's a great place to start, Ty, because we really do have to recognize that when it comes down to choosing God's way or our way, the difference between my will and his will. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and the understanding and the knowledge that comes out of, and I think that's a the perfect verse to lead us off and just get us reminded, our, our eyes focused. We're talking about the King of Kings, the creator of all, the one who knows, who sees, who plans, the beginning to the end. So, and the, like, the truth is, is it's our choice. Like, we can decide if we want to go our own way. We can decide if we want to surrender to his will. Um, but I think all over in scripture, we see that God knows the best way. Yeah. That God's way is the best way. Um, that's literally all throughout the Bible. And we see that in the ways when people follow him and when they don't follow him. Yes. <laughs> um, that his ways truly are so much higher than ours. I just think he can comprehend so much more beginning to end than we could in the middle of everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't even fathom what's going to happen tomorrow. I hope I know. I hope I have a plan. I've got my little calendar and my thought, but I, I can't even control. Well, not even only tomorrow today, mm-hmm. there is 1 million things outside my control each moment, <laughs> starting with when I open my eyes and I'm still breathing. Like I didn't have any control over that either. So just recognizing that, um, that it, it already is his way and we get to surrender, you know, to what that looks like. So we're just reminding ourselves, I think over and over that it is, it is about his way recognizing that and allowing our lives to line up with what he is doing rather than asking him to align up with what I'm doing. Yeah. 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 I think some examples of people that chose their own way, um, which I, I guess I'll clarify that later, but um, the first one that we thought of was David and Bathsheba, mm-hmm. which if you don't know that story, David, um, David has a very long story in the Bible, I would say, <laughs> um, but at this point in the story, he's king, 
-hmm. and he's on his balcony or in part of his house and he sees this woman Bathsheba bathing in her house and um he's tempted I would say um and he decides to go his own way to follow that temptation he calls her into his house he does the deed with her um and she gets pregnant so not only does he commit adultery with a married woman and when he finds out that she's pregnant instead of being honest about it he also chooses his own way and he kills her husband in a very nonchalant way puts him in the front line of the battle knowing that he's going to die and keep in mind they're they're like gross um anyways that's just that's one story of choosing his own way um and i think there were multiple points where he could have reconciled that and the lord could have redeemed certain areas um which at the end i would say that happened but he continued in that and eventually yeah somebody (laughs) and it and it wasn't until i mean he even talks about how he is groaning on the inside because his sin is eating at him. It's like he's dying from the inside. And so until repentance happens, yeah, he doesn't, he, then he turns like, God, I'm so sorry. I, I really do want to do this your way. Your ways are better than mine. And so it's at that moment of repentance that the consequences don't go away. The pain and the things that he has to deal with don't go away. But God says, I'm going to redeem this. I'm going to change this. Um, and, and we're, you know, God gets the glory and it works for David's good and, and for the good of, of history you know, from that, from yeah. that line comes Jesus. So yeah, that's a good one. I, I was uh, thinking of another one was Adam and Eve. Um, you know, God gave them the choice while they're there in the garden and they choose that they're going to eat of the singular tree of all the trees that God gives them to eat from, that they are going to eat from this one particular tree and choose something other than what God had had offered them. And, um, you know, again, there's a consequence, right? There's always something that comes from that. It doesn't come without pain or, or things that come from that, but God is still good. And in repentance and in turning back and, and honoring God, God moves and he begins that plan. It's not like God doesn't know. And he's like, shoot, they made the wrong choice. Now, what do I do? God knows the hearts of men. God knows our choices even before we do. He understands that. And so, uh, recognizing that they, they chose to go that direction then he chooses to still love and still reach out with grace. And, you know, when that, when hearts turn, then, then there's reconciliation that's available there. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of examples. Yeah, there is. <laughs> like the Pharisees um, with all their traditions, um, choosing to um, bow down more to religion than to God. Um, or in the New Testament, when they're talking about um, circumcision for the Gentiles, um, how they were trying to decide to fit, like how to fit their um, view of Jesus into this new, not version, but this new, um, I don't know what word I'm looking for, trying to fit their Jewish tradition into the Gentiles, trying to make them more like them and just letting God work in them. Does that make sense? Um, And they had, they had such an expectation of what it was going to look like, what redemption from the Messiah was going to look like. And so, um, well, first of all, they didn't expect the Gentiles to be grafted into that 
Although clearly all throughout the Old Testament, God is telling them there will be a people who will be grafted in. And he has told them the entire time they just either didn't understand, chose not to believe, whatever. Um, but yeah, they're, they're looking for a different way. So when the disciples are, are trying to live out what Jesus has taught them, they're saying, oh, well, let's go back and do this because that made sense before. But Jesus had talked to them so clearly about a different way of living. And so, yeah, they had that choice. Are we going to do what Jesus told us to do? Or are we going to genuinely follow Christ? And we're going to say, you know what? It doesn't have to look the way it did. It's, it's about this heart, you know? And, and I think... I think that's one of the biggest things is just coming, coming to surrender to say, this truly is a heart issue. Where's my heart on this? You know, I, I think in all of those situations and in the situations we've already talked about, it's about me <laughs> doing things my way and, and not, not, uh, not surrendering, just continuing to do things the way I believe I think God should do them or that yeah. I want to do them to honor God. Yeah. And I think, in all these instances and in every instance where we decide to choose our own way, like, I don't think it's in spite necessarily. I think we just genuinely believe that our way is the better way yeah. <laughs> or that we need to fulfill those feelings or we need to um, do these specific things, um, which obviously hindsight is twenty twenty. Um, but had these people chosen God's way instead of their way, I mean, humanity wouldn't have fallen into sin if Adam and Eve, maybe they would have at some point, but they wouldn't at that point, they'd yeah. be in the garden. David wouldn't have committed adultery and murder. Um, the Pharisees might've had a genuine ministry um, instead of just a religious group um, about traditions and rules. And I think sometimes we get so distracted by our humanness that we don't always realize that the decisions that we're making um, are not for our good, even though they might feel good or maybe they look good or they seem good, um, but they're not for, they're truly not for our good unless they're in God's will. Because how in the world do we know what's for our good when I can't even see into right. the next minute of my future, you know? Well, and just case in point, how many times, Ty, I know that you could just stop for just a moment and go, I'm so thankful for unanswered prayer, right? The things that I have, I had prayed so earnestly for and God did not give me. And now looking back, <clears throat> so relieved, God did not know that. And at the moment, I believe that was the very best thing that God could give me was whatever I was praying for. And yet when he said no, or however he answered, and it wasn't what I had prayed. I'm just relieved that God is so faithful, that he is so good to say, listen, I would rather give you good than I would give you what you ask for, because I know, I know what that is. And I can think of 15 ways <laughs> just off the top of my head that I'm so relieved that he chose my good, something for his glory that was different than in the moment what I was asking him to do. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I think the main reason that we tend, or there's, I think there's two reasons, but I think one of the big reasons that we tend to choose our own way is we start to idolize ourselves and we start to believe that we can do something greater than God. We know better. We can do something better. Um, and I don't know. I, I just feel like we have to come to this realization that 
we are nothing <laughs> not in i don't want to say that in a rude way but just that we we don't have anything to bring to the table in light of our creator our mighty god who knows beginning and end who sees our story through and through with all these little pathways that we could choose all these decisions like he sees all um and in light of that like it's foolish of me to think that i could bring some speck of knowledge that the lord wouldn't already know that yes. wouldn't he wouldn't already see um yeah. i mean you just can't you can't compare my mind to the creator of all minds <laughs> and my knowledge to the one who holds knowledge itself in the palm of his hand like it's just it's not comparable um well and when when you think about what you know what god is doing to grow us to challenge us and change us that that verse in um second corinthians where paul is uh talking so second corinthians 12 7 through 10 he says so to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given to me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from being conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Mm -hmm. And I, I think about, um, you know, opportunities. Let's call them that, right? Opportunities where the Lord wants to show us that he is strong and we are weak. And that's a good thing for us to, to run to his arms. Um, and, and so often one of the biggest things that comes to mind was um, when Brett was still in addiction and life was still very very difficult and there were so many things going on and i know god was in the middle of that there were times where i just was so distraught and yet god would give me peace and i would have friends who would surround me with prayer and seasons you know i where the lord would would sustain it didn't take away the things that were difficult and again this was a consequence like i knew who i married it wasn't different than it should have been it wasn't like brett was the bad guy this is i entered this relationship knowing where he was. I didn't understand fully, but you know, uh, but God was still in the middle of that and he was sustaining and he was giving me opportunity to trust in his power. And just like Paul has this opportunity here where he pleads with the Lord and the Lord says, no, I'm, I'm using this for, for the good of you to grow you so that you can boast all the more in my strength. And I think, you know, in those moments where times are difficult and we're asking the Lord, please, remove this, remove this. We have two choices. I can choose to surrender to God and say, God, I trust what you're doing in the middle of this. Or I can say, you know what, God, I'm going to do it my own way because I want this done. I want this removed. And that was exactly what I did in the middle of all of that, where I just said, I trust my own pattern. I trust my own plan. And that was the beginning of, you know, emotional affairs in my mind. That was the beginning of of deciding I was going to make my own plan financially I started preparing uh, you know emotionally started preparing and that was the decision that I made you know just like David and Bathsheba you begin to justify things where you think okay well I can handle this I can do things my own way and I it'll be better trust me it will be better then and let me just dis disclaim this you can have pleasure in the middle of sin 
but you will not have peace. Like, let's not confuse that. It's not like all sin is like hell on earth. There is a lot of pleasure that comes in sin, but you will not have peace. And I can say 100% that in the middle of all that, God kept saying, this is not my plan for you. Come back, return to me, return to me. Just like David, where in, you know, he's saying, I am withering on the inside. It is being destroyed on the inside. And until that confession comes and that repentance comes and that turning away comes, all of that continues to, to go and to destroy us. And we can continue to deny it. We can continue to do that. It will cause physical health issues, mental health issues. I mean, it, it will destroy relationship issues. Like it all, it affects everything, the ripple, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and the longer I continue to say, my plan is better than your plan, God, the longer I continue to do that, the worse it becomes in my mm -hmm. own heart and those things and the consequences are bigger. So really we have to just get to the place where we recognize, do I want what God wants or do I just want what he's going to do for me in this moment? You know, because really, honestly, if I were to stop and sit, take a step back, I want the bigger plan. I don't want momentary pleasure, momentary peace. I want true lasting peace. I want relationship healing. I want healing for my inner soul. I want redemption for my life. I want redemption in my relationship. So that's, that's a big deal. It's a big deal to stop and say, what am I serving myself yeah. or God? What am I interested in? That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like seasons where I chose to live um, in some sort of sin, I, like, I look back on the seasons, and like you said, like, the sin can feel good, mm -hmm. um, but, like, wow, was I hurting, and, yes. like, I, I couldn't even come before the Lord because I was ashamed that I was I didn't want to be um honest with people I didn't want to be in community like it it's just like maybe it felt good at the moment but everything else in my life was falling apart because mm -hmm. I was not um I was choosing what I felt like in the moment or what I felt like was best and it wasn't at all what was best for my heart um or for me or for my relationships or for my um sanity <laughs> my peace and um yeah I just I feel like it's just not worth it it's mm -hmm. not worth the momentary um excitement or the momentary feelings um for lasting unrest and shame and hurt and consequences. Like, I mean, the Lord redeems through and through. The Lord um, can bring you through that sin, through those seasons. But the consequences, yeah. He, I mean, unfortunately, we have to still bear those. Um, and it's unnecessary if we choose the Lord's way, but when we do choose our way, a lot of times there are those consequences and they hurt and they last and it sucks. Yeah. Um, I think I've had seasons after that where I had to battle shame and um, a lot of identity viewing issues. And, um, and if I hadn't done that, would I have walked through the same thing? Probably not, because it was directly related to the decisions that I made. Um, and I 
man, I just think we could avoid so much hurt and so much consequence and so much pain if we just realize that the Lord has our best interests at heart. Like the Lord loves us and the Lord sees us and he's not, he doesn't just have a plan for our lives to make us miss out. And I think that's what the enemy tries to make us think is that we're missing out or that um, he's holding back from us, which is what he told Eve, which I'm sure is what David was feeling when he saw the Shiva. Like, um, but it's a lie. <laughs> it's yeah. Anything that is not from him is not good. Yeah. Even if it looks good. Mm-hmm. It's, I think uh, one of the other reasons that, that we go our own way is just what you were saying is that we just question God's goodness that we, we don't really truly believe that God has our best interest in mind. And, and that, you guys, that's such a real thing. We live in a fallen, broken world. I do not have one human example that is perfect other than Jesus Christ. Everybody will fail as good as our parents are or as bad as our parents are. They're flawed, you know, as good as the people around us are or as bad as they are. They're all flawed. And so we, we put God in the same box as people and we, we say, well, if they did this, then God must be like this. And the truth is, it isn't the same. And when we recognize that you're like, that that's where that comes from. I, I don't, I don't know if I even believe God is good. I don't even know if I believe that he cares about me or that he has my best interest. Why would he allow suffering? Why would he allow me like Paul <laughs> to have such a, a difficult season that I have to walk through? Why would he do that? I think the answer to that question is found in scripture and just dig in. God loves when we say, I'm just unsure, show me. You know, I got it. Can you just show me if you're good? Because I don't even know if you're good. And I maybe I'm questioning that. God loves an honest heart. Take that humility and that um, that questioning and just pour it into scripture and just say, where God, can you show me where you're good and begin to read what God has done for us? And I mean, even if you start at the beginning of Genesis, sometimes we look at that and if you just read a tiny portion, um, and this is the difficulty with only reading like a verse a day, is we don't see it in context, we don't see the bigger picture, it takes so long to get through everything that you can't unfold it, but even if you're reading through the Old Testament, the overarching theme of the Old Testament is God the faithful husband, God the faithful provider, God the faithful father, and he is so good at at bringing his people to a place where they can recognize and see him. And he gives all these opportunities and all this gracious mercy toward them over and over and over as he's leading them, as he's calling them. And he gives these examples and these analogies. Um, and he, he's doing what it takes to draw them close to him because he knows. Mm -hmm. So if you think, I just don't know if God's good and I don't know if he has my best in mind, that is a great place to start. That's great. Go there, dig into scripture and ask him, show me, are you even good? You know, again, you could start, I love the book of John, but read the gospels, start there, you know? So also, I think like, it's important to ask yourself, like, I think there's a lot of different theological perspectives that go into this, but like, I think we blame God for so many things. And I, of course, God is in control of all. But if you think about it, if he created a world with a billion people who all have free will to choose, um, and some people don't choose him, they choose um, themselves, they choose to follow the enemy. And so you have this world combined 
of um, all these different people coming from different places. And I think when things happen, it's not like um, if a shooting happens or if one of your loved ones dies in a car accident from a drunk driver, yeah. like all these things we say, God, why would you do that? And I think it's, I think it's the wrong question because I don't think that it's always like, it's not God saying, Oh, I'm going to kill your brother and you're going to see how this is going to be good. Right. No, it's that this world is in his control but because he loves us he lets us choose and it's unfortunately full of a lot of evil mm -hmm. as well um and i think that god's not saying i'm going to bring you through hell and you're going to see why this is a good thing he's saying no matter what happens no matter what is in this plan no matter what evil comes through your path I am going to use it for good. I am going to be with you. I will be your strength. And so he's not, he's not um, creating this life for you of suffering, but he's telling you when that comes, when it comes, not if it comes, when it comes, I will be with you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. I will be there in the fire. You will not be alone. Um, and so I think sometimes when we struggle to see is God even good? I feel like we're just assuming that the Lord has suddenly taken away free will and is in control of all these evil, which he is, but I'm trying to explain this the best that I can. I just think we have a false image that the Lord is um, speaking kill this person and give this person this disease and get, and it's not like that. There's, so much at work in the world and because he loves us he lets us choose and like i said unfortunately that means a lot of people choose evil a lot of people choose hatred and um so i i guess i just want to clarify that too that maybe ask yourself why is it that i think that he's not good is it yeah. because i am blaming him yeah. for the evil in this world or you know, um, I just think that's an important question to ask. Does yeah. that make sense? No, it, it's so good. It's a great question to ask. I agree with you. I, I think too, we have to get to a place where we recognize that that until we we see our need, you know, like you were saying, this is a fallen world and we're broken people, until we recognize that we need Jesus, until we recognize we need salvation, God is not uh, Jesus, the work on the cross was not like that little extra that we needed. You know, I was good, but I just needed that boost. I just needed that push. And from Jesus with his um, salvation, I, it wasn't like I was doing okay, but, but Jesus came along and just gave me that attaboy. And that was the, the blast I needed to get across the finish line. We're literally dead in Christ. Or, I'm sorry, dead in our sin and, and need to be made alive in Christ. And, and um, it says all have sinned. None of us are without that. And we continue to do that. I mean, if we're truly, truly honest, when we stop and we go, okay, hang on, this is true. I do sin. I sin all the time. I make terrible choices. When I have an opportunity to speak life, I get grumpy. When I have an opportunity to, to bless someone, I choose selfishness. When I have an opportunity to, to do something behind the scenes, I make sure people notice so that I get the glory, right? We all have those things that go on. And until we get to a place that we recognize that I am dead 
There's nothing a dead person can do to revive themselves. I am dead in my sin. There's no other word for dead than dead. You're dead. <laughs> We're not almost dead. We're not, you know, the scripture is very clear that the wages of sin is death. So in my sin, I am dead. I need life. And so until we recognize that Jesus Christ is the only way to have life, then you don't truly fall in love with him. You don't truly recognize his sovereignty and his goodness and his plan because I really can then do it in my own strength, right? That's the belief as I've got this. This dead man walking can make this work, but I cannot make myself alive. So I, I really believe that as we're asking all these questions, we have to recognize like, am I placing my trust in Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross? Nothing, nothing I do brings anything to the table that is of good works where God says, well, you did such a good job. I'm so grateful that you got that far. It isn't like that. Everything that's outside of Christ is rubbish. The only thing that even makes a difference that God uses in the middle of all of that is what we do in Christ. All those blessings, all those benefits, all those things that God does for us in Christ. Even, um, uh, Let's see, Psalm 103, I know we've mentioned this in the last couple of ones, but um, Psalm 103, one through five, he says, bless the Lord, oh my soul. These are the benefits, right? And all that is in with, within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your, your youth is renewed like the eagles. This is what he wants to do for us in Christ. And it doesn't say that he takes away all the difficulty of earthly life or, you know, that, that the healing comes um, in my physical body here on earth. Sometimes that, that does continue with us and it persists until the healing comes in heaven. But the joy, the healing that comes in the mind, knowing, God, you're in control. You're in control of all of this. I recognize that you're faithful. I mean, that's, we serve a king who is so big and so mighty that to stop and say, do it my way, God, is literally a slap in the face to say, me, this creation, I'm going to tell you, Potter, how to, <laughs> how to use this pot that you've created, how to go ahead and fix it. Why didn't you do this? Why don't you do this? Why don't you go ahead and do this? I mean, can you imagine, like it says, and I'm pretty sure it's Jeremiah or Ezekiel, where he says that very same thing where he's like, can the pot really tell the potter, why didn't you put on a handle? Why are you using it for this purpose? It, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. I listened or I went um, to this upper room service this weekend and she was talking about um, how often we try to make the redemption story, make this beautiful love story about us and about how, like, what we get out of it, about um, what we can do with that, what it, what it means to us specifically. Um, and I think she said something that, like, just blew me away. And she said, um, you grow by losing yourself in the narrative of God. And mm -hmm. meaning that we grow as people, we grow in our identity, we grow in our strength um, by losing ourselves, by losing our humanness, by losing our flesh in the narrative or in the will or the way 
of God. Um, and I, I just think that's so beautiful. Um, and I also want to say that I, I don't, I don't think that the Lord brings hurt to us, but when hurt comes, the Lord is so faithful to be able to bring goodness from that, to be able to grow us in that the more that we surrender to him. And like, I mean, like the people that I have seen, maybe they um, struggle with insecurity and the people that continually point back to Jesus's heart in their struggle with insecurity are so powerful. And the people that struggle um, with a loss of a loved one and they continue to surrender that hurt and use that to love other people who are in that situation like wow is that goodness from God from such a hard situation and I just think that in every circumstance that we could go through whether good or bad every single circumstance gives us an opportunity to surrender and to be able to bring good from this instance to bring glory to our father from this instance um and show that the things of this world cannot compare to the joy that's coming to the goodness of the lord and um i don't know i just i just wanted to say <laughs> that i feel like in every instance where there is pain and suffering the lord can bring goodness from it um, and goodness in you yeah. when you surrender that. Yeah, I, I definitely, I echo that for sure. I think um, God, God delights in a soft heart and, and he does not punish us when our heart is saying, God, I just want to honor you and we just get it wrong because we're going to, gosh, we, you know, we just don't always hear correctly or we're, you know, we misunderstand, but that is not what God punishes. He, he delights when we say, Lord, I just want to trust you, lead my steps. And it's, it's the willful disobedience that says, um, I choose my own direction. And if, if I can, again, just share, I know my own personal experience. I knew God was calling something different every single day that I had to justify or to, um, say, well, you don't understand if you only knew, you know, and, and all these things that I would do to convince myself and others that what I was doing was right and true, which I knew it wasn't. Uh, otherwise I wouldn't have to be convinced and neither would they. Um, but it's this, this continual heart posture. And I was reading in, um, Isaiah 58 where he's, he's talking and it's almost the same idea of where Mark seven is talking to the Pharisees. He's saying, listen, you do all these things. You say you're acting the way God wants you to do. You're following all these traditions. You feel like you're so holy. You're doing all this stuff and you're, you're even at the temple. You're even doing worship, but your heart is not in a posture of humility. Your heart is not in it for me. You are doing it for show. You are doing it for yourself. You are so convinced that you've got it going on, <laughs> that you're going the right direction. And that, that heart check, I mean, that's, that's the wrestle every day is to stop and go, Lord, where's my heart at on this issue? when my reactions are so huge, when I, when I'm grumpy about silly things, you know, like the dishes in the sink, what, what causes me to be grumpy? Is it because I'm so good that I always put my dishes in the dishwasher? That's self-righteousness, right? But it's, I mean, it's just that posture, like, Lord, where's my heart on this issue? And that's what he's saying when he says in, in Isaiah 58, he's like, I don't, I don't even need what you're doing. 
I don't need that from you. What I gave you is a, a, a guideline to say, here's how to get your heart in line with where I'm at. You know, even so many of the traditions that they were doing, I really honestly believe probably started out the right thing. Like, hey, scripture reading is awesome. Spending time in prayer is awesome. But as soon as you say, you have to do it, you should do it. You have to do it for this amount of time. It has to look like this. Suddenly that becomes religious because now I've got a to-do list or else I'm not holy. Well, guess what? This is life. And when my heart is digging in and I'm like, God, I just want to commune with you today. God, I just want to read your word. I just want to read this love letter that you've given me. That's this heart posture that causes us to, to seek him and to trust him in his way. And it's not a one-time thing. This happens moment by moment, <laughs> daily, and we get it wrong so many times, but keep coming back saying, Lord, forgive me. Man, that was rough today. I just wanted to do it all my own way. I need to make amends and apologize to my spouse, to my kids, to my coworkers. I got it wrong. I really blew it today, but I want to know you. I want to seek you. And I think um, that's where God loves this humility, this heart. And if I can even say this, uh, as a pastor, I think they have a bigger responsibility and it is hard and humility as a pastor, as you grow and as your church grows and as maybe your following on Instagram grows or whatever the case may be, is a very difficult. And yesterday I watched a pastor who's pretty big. I won't say his name because it doesn't even matter. But what I loved was he said, boy, I got it wrong yesterday. I watched what I did during my sermon and he's like, my examples were rough. I went too far. That was not beautiful. That was distracting. I was out of line. And he said, please forgive me and just know I really want, I want people to see Jesus. And sometimes I try to use an example to point that and I got it so wrong yesterday and I apologize. I was floored yeah. when you are willing to, to be humble and admit that you're wrong. That's the heart that God uses because we're not going to get it right. So man, I, I just would say, and I'm asking God, do this in me, change my heart because I'm getting it wrong all the dang time. Isn't but don't just help me to see that. Yeah, just just let it be so I can quickly make that right with you and others. Yeah, and it's it's okay that our way is not okay. Like yeah. we are human and the Lord knows that. And yes. So you feel like you are just falling short over and over and over again. That's that's normal. That's why we need Jesus. Mm -hmm. We will never be enough we will never um feel great we will never experience this or reach this or reach this because we are human and we fall short and we don't have genuinely we don't have the strength to carry on in our own strength and that's okay yeah. you don't have to come up with that you don't have to force that in yourself or pretend until you make it yeah you can just come mm -hmm. weak with nothing and the Lord will give you strength to do what he has planned for you, all the beautiful things he has in store for you. Um, it's okay. It, I mean, mm -hmm. none of us have anything to bring, and that's yeah. okay. Yep. He loves that. Yeah. He already knew we have nothing to offer. <laughs> it says, like in that verse we read, my power is made strong in your weakness. Yeah. And he chose us, you know, not because we were special or gifted or, you know, we were going to do it better than others. He chose us because he's good, but he wants to love. He wants to pour out his blessing on us and, and walk with us through these difficulties. And so that is, 
that's a good guide. I think um, just in wrapping that up, I, I think this does bring up a lot of hard things. There are difficult seasons that people walk through and they're like, yeah, but you don't know the circumstance. You don't understand this person. You don't know what I've been through. And I, we totally recognize that. We have not lived everyone's walk of life. And, but the thing about it is, is God knows. God is so good. And Jesus is there for all those things, all the people. He understands temptation. He understands what we go through. Um, and so I, I recognize that there's, there's a lot of that, but we want to open that conversation, that Facebook group that we've started. If you want to be a part of that, it's, um, through our Outrageous Grace Facebook page, and there's a little group there and we can have further conversation. We don't have all the answers to all the questions, but we would love to walk the, through those and to search the scripture, to pray about things with you, to ask the Lord to reveal his goodness, his grace, his mighty plan for you. Um, and, and so we just encourage you, if you have questions, if you're, if you have a, even a different, uh, thought on what this looks like, feel free because we're open to that. We want God to use us and uh, we know he uses you too. So, um, so yeah, so be willing to step in there with us and, and have some conversations. Yeah. Have a blessed day. And we uh, will be praying that we each will surrender to what God is doing. And we just like Jesus will say, not my will but yours be done. Thank you so much for joining us today. Don't forget to like this episode and subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends. You can also find us on social media and on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all that is at outrageousgrace.podcast. We can't wait to see you next week. We love you all.